Forget about the past. Forget about what went wrong. It is time for Axe Week. The Gophers have their biggest matchup, bowl eligibility on the line, and keeping that axe here back to back to back. We're diving in deep today. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You are listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And it's Axe Week, folks. It means we lock in, we forget about the past, and we focus on this one week in trying to keep a three-peat going. We're going to break down the Wisconsin Badgers. They've had some struggles of their own. We're going to talk about their season so far, the players to be on the lookout for, and then we're going to talk about the biggest questions heading into Axe Week here in Dinkytown this weekend after Thanksgiving. And then finally, we have to talk about a preview for the AR Pine Bluff basketball matchup that is coming up. We're going to talk about all that and more today at Lockdown Golden Gopher. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any daily content moving forward, especially with Axe Week fully on hand. And we're going to jump in today's episode, which is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use promo code Lockdown College for a first time deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. But let's break down these Wisconsin Badgers because they officially qualified for a bowl last week in a win versus Nebraska. It was a game where Nebraska was up quick. It looked like maybe they they were going to add to Wisconsin's three-game losing streak, but they gritted it out. They grinded it out. They found a way to win, and that's what this Wisconsin team has been about this season. They've had their struggles. They've had their ups and downs, but they've shown grit in a lot of their games. They've tried to push back, push through, and they've had players that aren't willing to give up, and that is a big thing, especially under a new first-year head coach. Now, although Minnesota hasn't been anything to write home about this season, so there is no way to really talk talk when it comes to the Gophers' season outlook, I just got to say this and get it off my chest. Wisconsin fans owe me an apology with the crap they gave me this offseason talking about. I said Luke Fickle was getting overhyped for year one, not for as a coach, not for the long term. I said solely for year one. The hype was getting overhyped because of people saying, oh, it's going to be a 10-1 season with Luke Fickle in his first year. Oh, yeah, easy win in the West, all this stuff. Nah. Nah, because it is tough to get from G5 to P5. I don't care if he was the only coach to get to the playoffs from a G5 perspective. It is still a jump. It is still difficult. It is still transitions, especially when you're changing the entire offensive system, the entire defensive system, and you're doing it all in one offseason. It's tough for anybody, but especially making the jump from a G5 to a P5 where there are tons of changes going on. So I've always said, I think it'll be a great long-term hire, but overall the changing of the systems and all of that, there were bound to be hiccups. So the 9-10 win preseason predictions and all that was wild. Now, 
We're heading into the final week of the season, and Wisconsin is 6-5, and five, which is better than the Gophers. I can't even talk mess when it comes to that. But there's been hiccups, and I just had to get that in. I had to get that little I told you so in because I had hundreds of comments talking about how stupid I was and all this, all that. It's great to look back and see what happened. It is great to look back and see what happened. So now, all of that said, Wisconsin as a team, even through the struggles, has found grit with the way that Minnesota has been playing down the stretch. My feeling heading into this game is absolutely wobbly at best. But regardless, usually when you play your rivals on both sides, Wisconsin and Minnesota, you come and you bring your best ball because versus a rival, it just means more. Regardless of a down year, regardless of any struggle, it's going to be all out brawls to keep or bring back the X. So let's break down this Badgers team. Now we're looking at the quarterback first. Tanner Mordecai is the transfer who came in. He is QB1. Now he has had some injuries on the season as well, but he started his first six games before being injured in the Iowa matchup. He missed three games before coming back versus Northwestern two weeks ago. And so far on the season, Tanner Mordecai has 1,542 pass yards with four touchdowns and three interceptions. Now coming into the season, he was known to have these huge gaudy numbers over 300 yards yards often, lots of passing touchdowns with SMU, but also a decent amount of turnovers. Now, the Gotti numbers have come down a bit this season. There haven't been all those crazy numbers, crazy production, but also he's taken better care of the football in this season, and he doesn't put it in harm's way as much. So a different Tanner Mordecai than we've seen in his tenure as a collegiate quarterback, but overall, I think he's a gritty quarterback who is sitting around 65% completion rate. The Badgers also have someone behind him they feel confident in, in Braden Locke. Now, he held his own in the few games that he played with Mordecai out. He had 778 passing yards, five touchdowns to one interception during that Mordecai injury, but like Ethan Kelly McManus, Braden Locke also has issues with actual completion percentage and getting the consistency and the right placement and stuff. There are moments where that is just not a strength of his. So he's got some upside long-term to him, but he doesn't have to start, which is the difference between our two quarterback situations right now. But you kick it over to the running backs. You've got Braylon Allen. He's a dog. He's a beast. He's a dude. We've talked about him in the offseason. I give him credit where credit is due. I've got respect for him. He has dealt with injuries on this season as well, but even dinged up, he has 819 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. Plus, especially early in the year, he was heavily involved in the pass game with his usage, seeing seven receptions, six receptions, getting some work there. Now, as the season has went on, as he's been fighting through injury, you haven't seen as much passing usage, but it's there. The ability is more than there. Now, beyond Braylon Allen, their partner in crime running back, Ches Malusi, was hurt in game four and lost for the season due to injury. He had three 307 yards and four touchdowns in those first four games. And on top of that now, the number two is now Jackson Acker. I think that's how you say his last name. He's now the number two guy. He's he's not the most explosive, not the, the same type of fire and threat as a running back, as a Braylon Allen or as a Ches Malusi, but he is serviceable and he gets the job done. So he's definitely a respectable number two back to have out there. But when it comes to the running backs, we've been able to slow Braylon Allen down uh, two years ago. And last year, I don't, I don't 
think he played the game. I believe he stood out of that game versus Minnesota. But you move on to the wide receivers. Now, this is what was talked about all offseason. Air raid offense, they're going to pass the ball like crazy. And they have passed the ball more, but it hasn't been to the extent that people were expecting. That being said, this offseason, I mentioned I was a fan of uh, DK's game, and he has been up and down to start. But again, he had an injury bug bite him in this season, and it has not been kind to Wisconsin's offense, just like it hasn't been kind to Minnesota's defense. We have suffered from a lot of injuries on the season. That being said, Will Pauling, a transfer from Cincinnati, he has been playing very well for Wisconsin. His 675 yards is currently fifth in the Big Ten, which is respectable. He has three touchdowns to pair with it, which which is fine, but the Rutgers game, since that Rutgers game, he has had at least a minimum of 50 yards in every single game since then. Now you pair him and DK, who just came back from injury with Skylar Bell and Bryson Green. Now Bryson Green is questionable with injury. I think Pauling is actually questionable with injury as well. So this wide receiver's room is a little dinged up. We'll see who comes to play this Saturday. But Skylar Bell, Bryson Green, uh, the transfer from OK State, they've been solid and contributing as well. They have a rock-solid four receivers that can get production going. But C.J. Williams, who I was scolded for not calling a top 10 wide receiver in the Big Ten, he has a subtle 15 receptions and 148 yards so far through 11 games on the season. Now, the wide receivers are respectable as a core, and they can spread it around when fully healthy. So Minnesota is going to have to try and get some things together to slow the offense down from moving the ball, which they've struggled to do in the last few games. Ohio State has picked us apart not only through the air, but on the ground. Purdue, both cases, again, on the are through the air and on the ground. We have to find a way to get things together. The defensive injuries the last two weeks have been pitiful, but at the same time, you have to find a way. Now, you move on to the tight ends. The lack of tight end usage isn't completely unforeseen with the system change, but I am slightly surprised that only the three tight ends in this offense have had any receptions this season, but not one of them has had more than eight receptions on the season. So overall, none of them have gone over 100 yards and only one touchdown through all three of them combined with Ashcraft. So overall, I think Ashcraft, Rucci, and Nowakowski are the three tight ends who have seen any receptions in the year, but they are not heavily involved in this offense. Finally, you look at the offensive line on this side of the ball. They've given up 18 sacks on the year, which is 41st in the nation. They've hold their own, but they also have suffered from bad penalties on the season that have killed drives. So hopefully that continues against the Gophers this weekend. Now you flip to the defense. I want to keep the defense brief, but they, in most statistical categories, they've been pretty good. They're probably underrated at best or at from what I've seen, 27th in pass defense, 45th in rush defense, 36th in total defense, 24th in scoring defense. N turnovers haven't been a big thing, tied for 79th, but it's tied for 38th in sacks averaged per game. Now, honestly, we haven't heard a ton about Wisconsin's defense, but those numbers show they are right on the verge of being a 25 to top 30 defense in the entire country, which is respectable. It's a lot better than what the Gophers have been doing consistently from basis to basis this season. But the names to know on defense, Hunter Wohler, he has been one of their best players, leads the team in tackles by a wide margin, 101 tackles, one sack, two interceptions, but he suffered an injury against Nebraska. So we will see if he will be suited up this weekend in this rivalry matchup. Now their secondary also contains Ricardo Hallman, who has had a very solid season, five pass breakups, five interceptions. He's all over the field, but the deepest group for this defense is the linebackers and outside linebacker rushers. 
Jake Cheney, Jordan T Turner, CJ Goats, Mema Njong Meta, and Daryl Peterson. Those five linebackers have combined for 260 tackles on the season. None of them have less than 40 as an individual and 17 and a half sacks on the season. None of them have less than three as an individual plus seven PBUs, so the defense holds its own. It's got some depth to it, and the Gophers are going to have a challenge here in Dinkytown. Now, what we're going to talk about next is major question marks heading into the final week of the season. I've got a handful, and we've got to dive in coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs because when it comes to hiring, it can be stressful, it can be tiresome, and every day feels like a high-stakes wager trying to make the right hire, but you don't have to worry anymore because LinkedIn Jobs has you covered. You can be 100% certain that you're going to have access to the best qualified candidates available. It's why you got to try out LinkedIn Jobs. You can post about your job for free at linkedin.com slash college, and you have access to not only a purple hire hashtag on your personal profile picture to tell your entire network and get other suggestions, but you also have access to screening questions and other tools to make sure you get the right quality candidates faster to your interviewing process. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gophers fans, let's talk about the major question marks heading into the final week against the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, the first question overall is injuries. Who is back? Is Darius Taylor back for the final regular season game of the season? We haven't seen him since Iowa. He's played in a total of five games, though the first game, even though it counts and it burned his red shirt, uh, he didn't really have any opportunities in that game. He had one touch for three yards. Outside of that, the four games that he has played in, he had 588 yards in those four games for a 591 total rushing yards as a true freshman through only five games on the season. He's one of the leaders in the Big Ten, especially in that chunk. He was the number one running back in the Big Ten, and it has been tough sledding without him. Now, we've had some serviceable guys in there. Zach Evans has showed... showed um, Potentially showed effort in there. He is also injured for the second time this season. Jordan Newbin has been in there, and he has shown flashes in difficult times. But at the same time, he, he, he's he been up and down when it comes to being able to create. And that's not on all, all on him. That is also on the offensive line and being able to create the holes for him. But Darius Taylor is a difference-making running back, and he has been out. And I don't know if he'll be back this weekend. It's the biggest question for the Gophers on the offensive side of ball, and I still don't know what's going to happen there because Co Coach Fleck just holds those injuries like they are top secret government knowledge and we don't know until two hours before the game so that's the major question on the offensive side of ball because he would be a huge addition in trying to keep that axe here for the third year straight you flip it over to the defensive side of ball there are injuries all over the field we lost Aiden Goosby for the entire year now we've lost multiple players season long but we're looking at Darius Green who was injured in the last game and did not return we were already down a safety in Aiden Goosby Darius Green goes down and you got uh, Coleman Bryson who's been stepping in but he's had some missed tackle issues as well so you've got the linebacker core is absolutely dinged up and torn apart you were missing Cody Lindenberg for the last two games and the first what six 
six games on the season. And then you had Maverick Baranowski's injury against Purdue, which put a true freshman middle linebacker in there. He's been learning through the muck and trying to get through it all, but that is not the the defense that this gopher was gophers team was expecting and so you're missing a huge key pieces cody lindenberg being the main one will he be back he played two games then he missed two more games and now we're in the final game of the season and hopefully he is back because he is the engine of this defense tyler newbin could be the best player on the defense but cody lindenberg is the engine that drives this thing and missing him is missing a huge weapon for the gophers especially having to go against braylon allen a running back who can run through almost anybody we're gonna need cody lindenberg in this one and it just comes down to will he be healthy enough to play without risking any other injuries now, the other questions that we have heading into this week is, will Minnesota play like they have nothing to lose? Last week, we saw maybe the worst effort from this Minnesota Gophers team on the entire season. It didn't look like anybody believed they could have any shot in that game. You're only down 13-0 to at halftime, but it looked like we were just playing to be out there, run the clock, and get off the field. It didn't look like, let's play to try and shock the world. Let's play our best football. Let's go out there and prove everybody wrong. Didn't look like that one bit. Can Minnesota do that against their rival in a game that should be a game that will be competitive? It should be an opportunity where the Gophers can get right and not necessarily, it's not a lock for a win or anything like that, but it's an opportunity for the Gophers to put some things together and show that through the injuries, through the adversity, that you can fight through it all. And that is a huge question. Can you go out there and be aggressive? Take shots on third and long. Take shots on fourth at times. Go out there and try to prove the world wrong. That this Gophers team isn't a bad team. It's just had its hiccups. It's had its adversity. And they can go out there and win both rivalry games in one season. Now, can Minnesota do that? That's a huge question because they haven't won both rivalry games in the same season since 1990. 1990. Now, the first time that these two trophies have been in Dinkytown at the same time is 93, but that was because, like, like we are similarly experiencing, they had a win from the year prior, and then they had a win in the same season, so both trophies were there for a limited time. Let's not make that the only case this year. you got to go out there. you got to get the win, and it would be the first time that they've beat both Iowa and Wisconsin in the same season since 1990 and 1989, where they did it in back-to-back -back years. Make 2023 the next time because it's been far too long. Now, the final other questions I did want to look into heading into this big game is after back-to-back -back games being gutted on the ground, can Minnesota find a way to stop the run with another big-time running back coming? Braylon Allen is going to be an NFL running back. Trevion Henderson, who ripped us apart last week, is going to be an NFL running back. And then you've got Devin, Devin Mockabee and uh, Tyrone Tracy, who both combined and ripped us apart as well. you got to find a way to slow it down. Prior to those two games, Minnesota had been a really good run defense team, but had had its struggles on the passing defensive end. Now, the last two games, both ends have been extremely unproductive. That comes with young guys being on the field and not fighting through the injuries and whatnot, but can they figure it out? Now is the third time where those young guys have had two games of experience. They've had two and a half weeks of practice. How can you clean it up and slow down the run game? You have to figure it out heading into this week. Otherwise, it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But the biggest thing 
that I need to bring up in this show and talk about. The biggest question is even though fans have a disdain for lower tier bowl game and all of that, it is still important for Minnesota to get this win and get bowl eligible. Not because of the bowl, not heading to Detroit or wherever else they'll end up in a low tier bowl game, but because you get those extra practices because you get the opportunity, even though your seniors probably don't play in the bowl game, they get ready to head off to NFL opportunities and things like that, or at least some of the seniors, even though you might not have them in the bowl game, you get the opportunity to put newer, younger faces into extra practices and get them extra time and get an extra kickstart on your offseason in game-like preparation before you actually hit the offseason. So it is pertinent that the Minnesota Golden Gophers find a way to get this win and get a bowl game opportunity for the extra practices and to hopefully quiet some of the noise because you know what? The noise is getting louder and louder. With every unrespectable loss and games where we don't look like we're fighting or trying or even in there to win it, each and every one of those piling on has had some noise coming from the fans of what is happening. This is year seven. What is coaching doing? And it's going to get louder. If you finish the season without a bowl game, losing to your rival and having only five wins on a season. So you have to turn it on and you have to answer that question this week, get the bowl game and quiet down the noise. Now, the final thing we're going to talk about today is the men's basketball team. They are We're previewing the game against A.R. Pine Bluff, who was an opponent we saw last season. I'm going to tell you why the Gophers should dominate that game coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks because if you like daily fantasy sports made easy, then Prize Picks is the place for you. Now, I'm over on Prize Picks right now, and I am taking a look at the lines for the NBA games tonight. And if you're trying to win them, win some easy cash, and you want to have some fun doing it, playing daily fantasy sports, then head on over to PrizePicks.com/slash college. Use promo code LockedOnCollege, and you will get a first-time deposit match of up to $100. That means you put in $100. You get 100 that's $200 straight in your account. If you're not going for 100 right there, you're like, yeah, I'll test the waters, put in 20 You'll still get another 20 back. That's $40 to you, and you simply press over or under on player stats, whether it be yardage, total touchdowns, whether it be rebounds, points, you name it. You go on there, and if you string together enough, you can win up to 25 times your money. Now, the games I'm looking at for tonight, I see Darius Garland. His rebounds line is two and a half. I'm definitely going to smash the over on that as he has had three or more rebounds in the last five matchups that he has played in. I also went over to look at the assists. Now, I had Kevin Durant as my choice. His line was four and a half assists before I started the show. It has moved up to five. So you got to go and you got to capitalize on those numbers before they keep creeping up. But if you look at Kevin Durant's assists, his last three games, 10 assists, nine assists, eight and six assists. Five is still nice. You got to push to the six if you're going to take the over, but four and a half was beautiful because all you needed was five or more, and he's done five or more in four of his last five games. So I did like that line. We'll see if I still take it. And the final line I'm looking at, Joel Embiid, 29 and a half points. I'm smashing the over. In five of his last games, he's only been under 30 points one time, and that was against the Boston Celtics, who often give him troubles and is one of the best defensive teams in the country. 
in the league, country, whatever. But regardless, Joel Embiid is a player with the points that I would take. Head on over to prizepicks.com slash college and take advantage of that the first-time deposit match of up to $100, prizepicks.com slash college. All right, Gophers fans, let's talk about the men's hoops. We're going to wrap it up with a quick preview against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, the team that is already 3-2, and two, Arkansas Pine Bluff, we have had a common opponent with them. We both played Missouri. Now, Missouri beat both of our teams, and Missouri absolutely dominated the AR Pine Bluff game. They won by 22 points, and it was a game that wasn't particularly close. On the flip side, the Gophers were up by 20 points with 10 minutes remaining, found a way to blow that lead and lose by, I believe, leave two points it might have been one point I can't remember it hurts I think it was 70 to 68 it was two points anyways we absolutely should head into this game at home and dominate no questions asked that statement alone this common opponent that beat them by 22 points and we were in a scrappy game in a game that we probably should have won by multiple scores that tells me the Gophers absolutely need to run this game from start to finish. No ifs, no ands, no buts. And they also need to use this game to improve, not just coast through the game. Use it to learn lessons. The three lessons that the Gophers need to focus on in this game is fixing the turnover issues because it needs to it needs to cut down. The turnovers have been too much. So fixing turnover issues while maintaining the pace of play that they've been putting, that is going to be huge thing number one of trying to test and get going against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now number two, if you get cold, you have to find a way to get easy baskets and build confidence. The upstate, uh, uh, I think it was South Carolina upstate, they came in and they played rock solid defense. They gave the Gophers troubles at times and the Gophers put them away late. But the thing is, even if you have trouble scoring, if you get cold, if you get to the, you have to find ways to get easy baskets and build up the confidence and then take the game over, especially against teams that shouldn't be hanging around with you. Because as we get to the Big Ten schedule, there's going to be moments of cold streaks. How do the Gophers respond? Last season, they got way too caught up in hanging their heads and being down. And all of a sudden, the cold streak was defeating for them. But in that Missouri game, we saw the first one. They got out of it within six minutes or so, but they found a way to stay competitive, hanging their hats on defense and getting back into the confidence in the first half. The second half, it felt like they just lost it. They, they hung their heads a little bit. They got lazy, and their approach ended up letting the team back into the game. So you have to find a way to build that confidence in the cold streaks. That's the number two. And number three is keep your foot on the gas and don't breathe. Don't take it easy with a big lead. Keep going, acting like you are down by five points, acting like you are up by two points, and it is a single possession game. That is the approach this Gophers team needs to take on offense, even in a game that seems like it should be well in hand. Now, this was a game that was played by Minnesota last year. It was one of their nine wins last year in the season, and it was an 18-point win at that. This team is much better than that last year's team. So you need to win this game more in hand and more comfortably than you did last year to keep showing improvement and growth. Carrington last year had his career high, I believe, of 20 points last year, four for seven from deep, also had four rebounds and a steal. He was big time for the Gophers in this matchup. But Minnesota only won the battle of the boards last season by two rebounds. So you'll need to do even more this year, improve and protect home court. 
Now, I expect a lot of growth minutes for Cam Christie in this matchup. Also, I think Minnesota is going to test offensive sets with Payne and getting him more comfortable on the floor as he's been getting more and more opportunities. And also with Joshua Joseph in driving and cutting, getting those two more involved and getting offensive sets run through them is going to be huge for the Gophers in the long-term aspects of this season. Now, there might also be some more pick and roll sets run in this game in particular to help get different offensive approaches going for the season, but it needs to be a clean and decisive win for the Gophers before their first road game coming up after that in San Francisco, where they will take on San Francisco at Oracle Arena. And you know what? San Francisco is currently favored 58% in that game over on ESPN's prediction. And you know what? I think those odds are pretty disrespectful for what this Gophers team has put together so far this season. So I think that those odds will shrink if Minnesota can easily and convincingly get a huge win against AR Pine Bluff. And then it should be more close to a 50% game, 50-50. And I think that's the next tough challenge for this Gophers team is then heading out to San Francisco first road game versus a quality opponent and going improving you can get the victory we're going to find out if they can do it and i wish you all a happy thanksgiving this week we're going to talk about wisconsin all week including tomorrow so i will see you then bro the boat sky you go gophers and as always don't forget to subscribe <laughs>